Merry Christmas from our back porch. When this video premieres on Facebook, it will be Christmas morning. And we pray that you will have the opportunity to view this video perhaps, um, but at least to take time to consider the joy, the holiness of this day, this day that we celebrate the birth of Christ. Nothing could be sweeter. Uh, so would you pray with me as we get started? Father, we pray that these moments on the back porch this Christmas morning will move us to a place of worship and thankfulness as we once again recognize the incredible gift of your son Jesus as our Redeemer. Amen. Our God is a God of order. He is the divine planner and he has purpose in every detail. And he had a redemption plan for us before the beginning of time. So throughout scripture, we see God intentionally preparing his people for the coming of the Messiah. And he gave them clues in uh, God-sized details so they would recognize the Messiah's arrival. First of all, he told them how it would happen. Now, we go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and, and this is what the scripture says. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he told them who the Messiah would be. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, he says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of its ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. And then he told them the location of the Messiah's arrival. In Micah 5, verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem, you are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past. And if you'll go back to John 1, 1, you'll be reminded of what that means. There, whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. Those are great clues, great clues. In, in his intentionality, God carefully planned and prepared for those who would be a part of the story of his son's arrival to earth. And so today we wanna to take you to just a few of those people to see how their story of saying yes to God might become a part of our story. So let's start with Mary. Mary was a young woman, a teenager, who was engaged to a young man named Joseph. And in their Jewish culture, um, engagements were actually negotiated like contracts by the fathers of the bride and the groom. And the contract was finalized with an official um, betrothal ceremony that was as important or more important than the wedding itself. And this, this Ceremony declared that the two young people were legally committed to each other, even as they continued to live separately until their wedding day. So as our Christmas story begins, 
that is where we find Mary and Joseph. They had gone through this betrothal ceremony, were living separately, preparing for their wedding day, um, and everything changed for them. When God appeared to Mary, or when Gabriel the angel, God sent Gabriel the angel to appear to Mary and announce this message from God. So we've, I'm reading this message to Mary from uh, Luke chapter one, verse 28 through 35, and I'm reading from the voice translation. Gabriel says to Mary, Greetings, you are favored and the Lord is with you. Among all women on the earth, you have been blessed. Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son and you must name him Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. And Mary responds to Gabriel, how can this be? I've never been with a man. And Gabriel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known not just as your son, but also as the son of God. And then in verse 38, we hear the most remarkable response from Mary, a sweet teenage girl. She simply replies, here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. Amen. What powerful words. Mary was saying yes to the Lord without hesitation. She was willing to surrender everything, her life, her reputation, her marriage, and probably her family. Mary said yes to bearing the shame of an unwed pregnancy. And in her time, that would have had a um, incredible social stigma with it. Would her friends and family believe that the Holy Spirit visited her? Would Joseph stay with her or would he divorce her? See, we know the end of this story, but Mary didn't. And so she had all of these things in her mind and her heart. And then Mary said yes to raising the Son of God. What an incredible responsibility that must have been for her. But even with all of those things, Mary said yes. Let's pray. Father, may we be filled with the awe and wonder and faith of Mary, the favored one chosen to be the mother of your son. It is our prayer that when we encounter you and you give us an assignment, we would simply say, yes, Lord, may it be so. Even when we know that the cost may be high or our personal dreams may be forfeited, may we trust you just as Mary trusted you. Amen. Amen. We don't often stop to consider Joseph and the impact of his yes to the Lord. Um, we're going to find this, this first encounter between uh, the angel or in a dream to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. It's nine, verses 19 through 25. So verse 19 says, Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message from his prophet, saying, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We just read that passage a few minutes ago. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. It's so easy for us to just quickly pass over um, this part of the story of Christmas and not give it another thought, but we really should pause and consider how significant this decision was for Joseph. Like Mary, when Joseph said yes to God, he was saying no to a lot of things. He was saying no to everything that he had worked so hard for. He was saying no to his reputation. He surrendered his life to God and he was willing to be an outcast among his own people and bear the shame of sins that he didn't even commit. He did just what the angel told him to and obediently took Mary as his wife. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that we would be inspired by the obedience of Joseph. Just as Joseph heard your message through a dream, may we have the ears to hear when you speak to us through your spirit. And then may we respond with immediate obedience as Joseph did. I pray that we would come away from this Advent season with a new desire to trust in you with all of our being, knowing that you will direct our paths. Amen. Amen. I personally have always loved the story of the shepherds and to need to know that shepherds really had no meaningful stature in society in that day. Uh, they were somewhat outcasts. They were required to tend their flocks outside the city walls. Um, and most people just thought of shepherds as being poorly dressed and dirty and smelly because that was the nature of their job. Sheep are, are a little smelly. Uh, the only reason shepherds had any significance in the culture was because sheep were a, value, excuse me, a valuable commodity, um, especially as it got close to the Passover time when many lambs would be sacrificed in the temples. But there is something so significant and powerful about the inclusion of the shepherds in the story of Jesus' birth. So let's look at their story in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But their angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Mm -hmm. So let me pause here and say that God chose the shepherds to receive this most amazing display of heaven's glory ever to be seen on earth. Scripture tells us that one angel came and announced Jesus' birth, and then they were surrounded by God's radiance, and then a vast host of angels joined in singing praises to God. We can't begin to comprehend the beauty of this scene, and it was a scene that was reserved just for the shepherds. 
the kingdom of God isn't just for insiders, it's also for outsiders like the shepherds. So let's go back to that scripture passage uh, in verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I love the reaction of the shepherds. Pure joy, pure excitement, pure faith. They instantly left their sheep in, on the hillside and ran into Bethlehem to find Jesus. They actually became the first missionaries to go and tell, to go and tell the story of the arrival of, of the Messiah. Let's pray. Oh Lord, how awesome it would be to have a fraction of the joy and excitement and faith that was seen in the shepherds that night. And though we don't have the privilege of being visited by a host of angels singing to us from the heavenlies, you have left a gift to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. We don't necessarily need radiance and angels singing. We now personally can com communicate and fellowship with you because of the Spirit who lives within us. Thank you for that gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would be filled with excitement about Jesus, that we would have a passion to tell others about this gift of the Messiah who has come to save us from our sins. Amen. Amen. So now we close with the full meaning of the birth of Jesus, God's Son, and the completion of His redemption plan. So in the last week of Advent season, we are going to focus on love. So let's take a moment and really grasp the truth of how much God loves you. Allow the beauty of this day, Christmas day, to pour over you with an understanding of how much God loves you. So much that he gave his son for you. How great is the love that the father has lavished on us. I love that picture. How great is the love the father has lavished on us. And so now as we are bringing our time together to a close, I would just encourage you to um, settle your spirit, focus your mind on Jesus. Just be able to um, just see Jesus, God who became flesh and lived among us for a single purpose. And that was to become the sacrifice the once and for all sacrifice for our sin. So could we just take a moment to feel God's love and in that express your thankfulness for the gift of Jesus. Let's just take a moment to do that.
I am confident that this next scripture passage that I will read to you that you will know well. But just let me ask you to do this. Because you know this passage so well, would you be careful not to just tune it out or skip to the end as I'm reading it or allow the meaning to get lost in the familiarity of this passage? It is John 3:16. It is the reason Jesus came at Christmas. John 3:16 says, "For God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to earth so that anyone who believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life." So could we right now just try to let go of distractions and and focus our heart here check your heart let this message of god's love soak in do you believe that god loves you our desire this morning is that you could receive the message of god's love let that soak deeply within you And then John 3:17 says, God didn't send his son into the world con- to condemn it, but to save it. Love came down at Christmas. Jesus came to earth. God became flesh. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to show you the depths of God's great love for you. And so truly this love that God has for us demands a response. If you have never received that love, if you've never allowed the, that message of God's love to, to, to be received in your spirit, then I would ask you to just sit in that and believe and know that this is truth. God loved you so much that he sent his son for you. If you would like to talk about that, you could reach us at freedompreyeratmagnoliasfirst.org. We would love to talk with you about that. If you are already a Christ follower, I pray that this message would be a refreshed message in your spirit today. We get really crazy busy. We need to be reminded of God's love for us. And so would you take a moment to Just praise God for the salvation He has given us in Christ. Let's just take a moment. Let's pray together. Father, on this day that we celebrate your son's birth, Mm -hmm. may we be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the Mm -hmm. eagerness of the shepherds, and the peace of the Christ child. As your children, we cry out for a fresh filling and a new awareness of who you are. We choose by faith to make the good news of great joy a reality in our own lives so that others can see us as a light in a dark world always pointing them back to you. Amen.
Jesus, we know that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord. You are still our joy. You are still our peace. You are no longer a baby in the manger. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we celebrate you as Lord this Christmas day and always. And it's in your precious name, the name of Jesus, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. May peace, joy, and love fill your hearts as you embrace the light of God's love. And may the Christ of Christmas bring you hope as you trust in Him. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.